February 3rd. Today our reading in the New Testament will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, beginning at verse 34. We'll go through chapter 23 and verse 12. The Word of God has authority even if the people who teach it lack integrity. Yes, God's Word has authority unto itself. Our Lord's standard is that we both do and teach His truths. Those who practice hypocrisy erode their character and do untold damage to others. The tragedy is that hypocrisy blinds people so that they cannot see the Lord themselves or other people. Yes, hypocrisy is blinding. The God of the Pharisees is not the God of the Bible. He is a rigorous lawgiver who pays back those who pay him. He is not the God of all grace or the loving Father who cares for his children. The Pharisees were worshiping another God, if indeed they worshiped at all. The Pharisees were blind, most of all to themselves. The most important thing to them was to be right. They were right, and everybody else was wrong. Of course, that element is still in the church today. Because they majored on the externals, they never saw the rottenness in their own hearts. Because they majored on the minor details, they ignored, totally ignored, the great principles of the Word. You see, hypocrites never see the damage done to others. Closing doors of blessing. They have very little, if any, understanding about matters of the heart. They defile those who touch them, giving people a wrong sense of values. No wonder Jesus wept. These woes that we're going to read about here were born of anguish, not anger, and perhaps He is weeping over you and me. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. February 3rd, Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, through chapter 23, verse 12. But when the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they thought up a fresh question of their own to ask him. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Then, surrounded by the Pharisees, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, He is the son of David. Jesus responded, Then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, call him Lord? For David said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in honor at my right hand, until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called him Lord, how can he be his son at the same time? No one could answer him. And after that, 
no one dared to ask him any more questions. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the Scriptures. So practice and obey whatever they say to you. But don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush you with impossible religious demands and never lift a finger to help ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear extra-long tassels on their robes. And how they love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the most prominent seats in the synagogue. They enjoy the attention they get on the streets, and they enjoy being called rabbi. Don't ever let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and all of you are on the same level as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone here on earth as Father, for only God in heaven is your spiritual Father. And don't let anyone call you Master, for there is only one Master, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus tells a story, and many people have referred to this as the prodigal son. Here we have this story of of this young man. He goes to his father, and he's the younger of two brothers. And he goes to his father, according to Jesus, and he asks for his inheritance. And so his father gives it to him. And the Bible says in verse 13, when Jesus is unwrapping the story, he says that not, not many days after this younger son gathered everything that he had, and he journeyed to a far country. In essence, this younger son became a runaway. He began to run away from God. He began to run away from his family. He began to run away from everything that was right. He wanted to live his own life. He wanted to take his money and he wanted to go do his own thing. The Bible says that when he'd spent all he had, there there arose a famine in the land and he began to be in need. Here's the guy that, that had the fancy sports car and he had all the trophy girlfriends and he had all the money. He was the guy at the bar that paid for everybody's tab. Everybody sang cheers to his name. And yet that pleasure and sin only lasted for a while. We pick up the story and now he's stone cold broke. Here he is feeding pigs. Now you have to understand his culture. I mean, that, that's as low as you could get. But then there's a turnaround. It says here in verse 17, it says this. When he came to his senses, He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and yet I am dying with hunger? And then he starts talking to himself. He starts talking to himself, and he says, I'm going to arise, and I'm going to go to my dad. And I'm going to say to my dad, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. He came to his senses. Now, this is Jesus' way of helping you understand something. It means that the Spirit of God, only the Spirit of God can bring someone to their senses. And Jesus said that no man can come to me unless the Father draws him. Now, the way the Father draws you is he sends your Holy Spirit. I don't have words to articulate that April 5th night in the balcony when I came to the realization that I was religious, but I was lost. But the Spirit of God opened up my mind and my heart and my soul to help me understand that I was a lost sinner who was going to die and spend eternity separated from Christ. 
And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, it's him that brings you to Jesus Christ. Well, that's what happened with this man. The Spirit of God began to speak to him and he came to his senses. He said, I'm going to go to my dad and I'm going to apologize to my dad. And I'm going to tell my dad, Dad, I don't even deserve to be in your house. I don't even deserve to work for you. But Dad, will you give me a second chance? Will you forgive me? And this is where the story gets good. The Bible says here that Jesus, when he tells the story, now I want you to hear it verbatim. The young man arose and he came to his father But while the young man was still a great way off, his father saw him. Oh, you know, I can't prove this, but I believe with all my heart that night after night, that man stood on that front porch and he looked out over that hill that he'd watched that son walk over and he'd probably sit there next to his wife and night after night said, honey, I wonder where our boy's at. I wonder if he's okay. I've been hearing stories about what he's doing. I've been hearing stories about the life that he's been living. Honey, we got to keep praying for that boy. We got to keep praying that God's going to bring him back home. The very fact that Jesus said that in this story, the father saw him from a great way off leads you only to one conclusion, and that is that the father was looking for the son. He was looking for him. I believe many nights he went and got in bed with a broken heart. I believe many nights he listened to the sobs of his wife over that boy that had run away from home. It says, and when he was a great way off, listen to this, his father saw him. And when his father saw him, he judged him and he condemned him and he hated him and he thought evil of him. No, when his father saw him, he had compassion on him and he ran. The father ran to his son. You understand that tonight, that no matter who you are and what you've done, that if you are willing to turn and come home, that God Almighty will run to you. While everybody else has ran away from you, while the world will not touch you, there is a father that has been watching and waiting for you to come home. And if you would just get out of the slop and come to the father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. Oh, daddy, would you please just forgive me? Daddy, would you give me a second chance that God Almighty in the person of Jesus Christ, that he will run to you. Do you realize the power of that statement? This is not a president running to you. This is not some famous singer nor athlete. This is God Almighty that tonight wants to run to you. If you will simply do one thing, be willing to come home. Psalm 27, verses 7 through 14. Did you know that God smiles on you? Can you imagine that? Well, it's true. You must go beyond merely seeking God's help. Seek His face. The smile of God is all you need to overcome the scowls of men. God shows you the way. Satan wants to trap you. But the Lord will show you the safe way. Believe His promise and walk by faith. His goodness will be with you. And God strengthens you. We need strength for the battle, for the temptation of sin. We need that strength and strength for the journey itself. And God abundantly provides. So be sure to take time to wait on the Lord. If you run ahead of Him or lag behind... 
you will be a perfect target for the enemy. Psalm 27, verses 7 through 14. Listen to my pleading, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not hide yourself from me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the path of honesty. For my enemies are waiting for me to fall. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done and breathe out violence against me. Yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 27 through 35. Can a man scoop fire into his lap and not be burned? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? So it is with the man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not go unpunished. Excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he is starving. But if he is caught, he will be fined seven times as much as he stole, even if it means selling everything in his house to pay it back. But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys his own soul. Wounds and constant disgrace are his lot. His shame will never be erased. For the woman's husband will be furious in his jealousy, and he will have no mercy in his day of vengeance. There is no compensation or bribe that will satisfy him.